Sometimes, life is yikes. And that's okay. You're not alone. Welcome, welcome to, to Yikesland. Yikes Hi, guys, and welcome to Yikesland, episode 27. 27. <laughs> I, yeah, I think kinda. I did it right. That's, that's fine. Um, this episode is now more podcasts. Uh, this episode, this <laughs> podcast is now more episodes old than I am. I oh, did that backwards. Maybe. Oh. Um, so that's exciting. That's a good thing. It's getting um, I am your host, Chris Fung, along with my co-host. Uh, it's Jelani Hoon. And uh, we are happy to be here with you on another Tuesday, another great Tuesday, because you are here with us um, in the world, existing, maybe listening, maybe watching, but regardless, just there. Maybe in your bed, maybe under a blanket, maybe having a good day, maybe eating cookies. Maybe. I don't know. I hope it's a good day, but sometimes it's not, and that's okay. Um, but regardless, you are present and existing in the world with us, and so we are happy about that. Yes, we are. Um, we would love to hear from you guys. We're on Twitter and Facebook. You can find us on Instagram at yikesland underscore podcast or email us at yikesland at gmail.com. Drop into slide into our dms i that's messed it up right. drop us a dm that's right i don't know do something um cool and modern some emojis a gif or a gif depending on uh, depending on your, where, on your accent yeah what side of the pineapple on pizza battle you that's fall right. on that's how you, that's um, how you do it. now it seems like we're a podcast of very old people trying to be like hello fellow kids you know because <laughs> of how many lame jokes i just made okay um, I'm going to start <laughs> this podcast off, um, a normal way, talking normal about normal way? things by asking Jelani, how are you? Well, uh, uh, thank you. Thank you for that, uh, question. Terrible there. intro <laughs> and then a normal question. <laughs> it's totally fine. Uh, yeah. So how am I doing? Uh, I've, uh, as you guys know, in the past couple episodes, uh, things have been a little rough uh, on Jelani's side here. But uh, recently, uh, I've been doing some things, being more proactive. Uh, I had some surprise family visits and things like that. So it's been actually pretty positive lately. So I think that the things are getting better. Uh, I don't necessarily have like, you know, a dark outlook right now so i mean everything's looking pretty good i've been doing a lot of things you know i've been going for like walks you know like those walks uh, are good. you know those like those walk those certain walks that you take when you're like i'm gonna put some music on and i'm just gonna walk you know what i mean and i'm just gonna like look in a in the distance you know i don't know what you mean <laughs> um, but maybe you guys do let us know if you do know what Jelani's you don't know what about. i mean I mean, I can, I'm picturing what you're saying, but no, I don't know that I've ever done that. It's one of those, like, I'm just going to take one of those walks around town with so music. You, are and you just, going in a direct, you're going in no direction. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kind of just walking, you okay. know, just, so just you going. you might end up anywhere? I might. Walk in I don't know where I'll go. In the maybe circles, maybe circles. Familiar, maybe, unfamiliar you know? territory? Familiar, unfamiliar. Oh, Who knows? Could go anywhere. Yeah, okay. Could go anywhere. Sure, you know what I mean? Sure. But the, the like the, the the like the major points of it are I'm walking, I'm listening to music, and I'm just looking off. Do you you know? Like, like I'm like I'm do pondering. Do you like to walk around other people like through busier neighborhoods or You like alone? movies, right? Yes. Yeah, have you seen like rom coms and stuff like that or romantic 
movies, when, right? When you take a walk, and so there's and there's the those scenes where you guys have broken up. Yeah, it's either that or like I gotta think about things, and they just like end up like cutting a montage of like the person walking around town, looking at different monuments, things like that. <laughs> I don't go to the monuments. But I mean, like, well, that's what I was asking. <laughs> is I guess like I could picture, I would I would go for a walk in a city, mm-hmm. but I don't. I wouldn't go for a walk in like the suburbs unless like I'd, I'd run with music or I would walk with a walking partner sure, sure. or a dog. Luckily, like so around trying here. To, like, trying to narrow down like what the yeah, walking no, MO is. Luckily around here by where I live, there's a bunch of trails. You know? Oh, it's so, a nature walk. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm not walking <laughs> by people's houses and staring in the windows or something like that. If that's what you're wondering. But yeah, I guess like I'm walking like just a normal trails or things like that. I, I've been like walking to this single bench that I know where it's just some random bench that's okay. sitting by the lake. And I was Favorite like, okay, bench. I'm just going to walk. I'm just going to walk over there okay, and sit up there yeah, and take a sure. look. Yeah. <laughs> you seem so weirded out by this. No, I was just trying to kind of like pin down like what's. What feels good about the walk? Because, like, being around nature does feel good. So, like, I get I guess... that. Or being around a bunch of people but feeling alone in a sea of people sometimes can be nice yeah. if you're in a coffee shop. Sure. Coffee shop. Yeah. I mean, obviously, but, I do yeah. frequent a coffee shop a lot. Yeah. But uh, I guess maybe it's kind of like the opposite of what we've been talking about with social anxiety, where it's I'm trying to decompress from everything that is like hustle bustle of like going to cons, going to meet a crowd of people, going to a crowded place. Cause eventually that gets to be just like, you know, exhausting to do. And I guess it's more of a decompression of like, I am in a bubble, but I'm not confining myself to, you know, my safe zone of like, I'm just going to lay on my couch and uh, turn off all the lights and close all the blinds and just act like a cave person, you know? There's that. Okay. Yeah. No, it Makes sounds sense? nice. And I mean, obviously, <laughs> I don't have to understand. Like, <laughs> it's not like your method of chill is. It's bad the chill mode. It's just kind of just like I'm gonna take a walk. I didn't understand it. It's more like I just I was like curious and I wanted. To I guess it's more it's more akin to like I'm gonna take a drive, right? Sure. Take a drive. Okay. I'm blasting my music or whatever, and I'm just gonna drive. I've right? also not really done that. But, but you've wanted I'm familiar to. about the trope, and I will take a drive. I will be, like, talking on the phone okay. in my car, like, on the Bluetooth, and, like, keep driving because I keep wanting to have the conversation, but while driving, um, like, in the country instead of... So yeah, so you can have yeah, a phone conversation yeah. at home too, but like yeah, but it's just kind of just like you do I'm that longer, thing where you kind of like yeah. you keep fidgeting and you kind of yeah. like I think it's, well, it's probably like a concentration slash attention issue that I can't do that stuff without having a phone conversation. Because yeah. I'll walk if I'm having a phone conversation. I'll walk for like three hours on the phone. Mm-hmm. But like what you're saying sounds nice. I think to me the thing that was so strange is that I wouldn't be able to do that without having some other distraction. Like really? being on my phone, having a phone conversation, having someone with me, having a dog with me, whatever. So I think... I think this is the crux of where I was like, what do you mean you're just so, And so I like if we take, if something. like if I take it to another layer, right? If I go to another layer. So the reason why I play music, right? 
And so, like, one of the things that my brain does when I play music is I empathize with what's going on in the song, right? Okay. Not the lyrics, necessarily, but the mood that oh, it gives me, right? Yeah. I actually don't really remember the lyrics very often unless it's, like, unless it's like a, uh, a chorus where it's, like, constantly played to the song. I don't remember many lyrics unless they really stand out to me. Mostly what I like to do when I take the walks, I normally listen to songs that don't have lyrics. I actually listen to orchestra pieces or soundtracks to movies that I've enjoyed. And I I will, through that, and for some reason, like my mind does all this creative stuff in my mind where it kind of, maybe that's what I do it for. Maybe like it shakes things loose where I need the, um, the shot to like my creative like juices in my mind. And so like I'll play themes or I'll play songs that don't have any lyrics, set a mood in my mind. And all of a sudden I just let my mind go. And that's why I'm like, I'm not paying attention to really a lot what's going on. Cause like, if I, if I will, if like, if I've ever been walking and I've just like not noticed you or something like that, that's, I'm sorry. I forgive <laughs> me. I'm zoned out. Like what I'm doing is I'm looking at probably just like, the horizon looking at the sky looking around like focusing and just like letting my mind go off into wherever it goes you know start thinking about like sometimes certain upbeat songs will start making me think of like uh creative like aspects where i kind of like build like scenes in my head of like you know oh there's this person and they're happy and they're doing this and i i kind of it's almost like creative writing but i don't write anything down i I, i've actually never have um which actually i should be doing but whatever but uh, i kind of just let it go and it i end up just like creating different scenes in my head or things in my head that kind of are more of like feeding a creative like mindset that i that i have you know uh, sometimes i'll think about like um if i'm thinking to a very sorrow if i'm listening to like a sorrowful piece right where it's like very sad or something like that i'll be walking and i'll start thinking about like what fits that like if i was is it it a thing where because you know how sometimes listening to sad music is enjoyable like you enjoy this yes is it a thing where you're enjoying that sorrow then yeah sure and i i can do that you know and that's the thing where like it's almost as if i was creating a movie backwards you know where i was if I was like a, a, I'm trying to break it down to like what I know. So I know movies, right? And I know that they shoot scenes first and then someone scores music to those scenes, sure. right? And it's almost as if I was walking around out of my bubble, don't want to be, because if, if I'm confined into my place, like I'll, I'll, my mind will start going to different things. And I'm not like, I can't, for some reason, I can't really like put my headphones on in my own place. It doesn't really like, it doesn't like get me like yeah. there. I go into just like, ugh, I don't want to do anything. I'm just going to lay down. I'm going to start like going all over the place. But when I'm walking and I'm out in the world, and I, I guess I do the nature thing too, sure. Um, but if I just walk, uh, I will almost play a song and kind of create a scene around that song, right? So, like, I'm almost shooting a scene to the music instead of in my mind, right? And it sounds really weird, but I guess that's something that I do. I I think it sounds really nice. I enjoy knowing the intricacies of it, and so that's why I asked too many questions. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Like, let me ask you this, because do you still run? Yeah, I haven't been doing as good of training as I was before, but that's why I brought up because yeah, I would no. run and listen to music, and then you can't really be doing anything else like texting or whatever because you're like you're, you're, you're like too jostling much. too much. You'll yeah. drop the phone. So like, that's why comic. that's why I thought that the walking 
was like maybe not quite enough. Like I need at least two inputs at a time, like two strong um, things going on, I guess like in order for me not to be, uh, I get really antsy and really like sort of uh, stressed out to the core if there's not enough stuff going on, like I'm not being stimulated enough. Hmm. So I need at least two inputs. And so for running, the inputs are music, but I listen to the music too loud in a way that probably hurts my ears. Yeah, I do that and too. And then the tiredness of running or like the physical exertion. So let me ask you, let me ask you this. When you run, what it, where, where is where is Chris's mind? What's happening in Chris's I, mind? Is it uh, do you black out like during the whole run? Is it doing something? Is is it what is the gain out of the run when you run with the music? Well, I think uh, that it's one of the few things that allows me to relax a little bit or zone out a little bit, where it's not like I'm not still thinking stuff, but because like you know you kind of like either you're tired and out of breath or you're in the period of the runner's high. Mm -hmm. And so there's kind of enough stuff going on that then my brain isn't so frantic where normally I have a lot of thoughts going on all at once. And so running allows me to not have that much stuff going on um, and chill out a little bit more, but it's not like a full like meditation situation where I'm not thinking about anything. And so I guess that's what, like, I ask you so many questions, but it reflects on me more than it reflects on you. That, like, it, it seems bad to me now that I wouldn't be able to walk and listen to music because I would have too much stuff going on mm. in my brain then. And I'd be, like, stressed out or, like, want to be texting or just be, like, picking at myself or something. No, yeah, I understand that. I can't calm down enough. that's the thing like i think i do that more when i don't freeform like that i guess like when i'm not like going off and just doing like a thing where it just like lets my just mind flow um on a more different level than what it normally does because if i'm sitting somewhere or like in a place where i'm like if i'm here am i in a, like a, a, at home or something like that and i begin to just I'm here by myself. I'm just thinking. My mind gets all like just stressed out and everything like that. I'm like fidgeting. I'm grabbing my phone, constantly scrolling through things, even though I scroll through the same scroll like <laughs> hundreds of times. And it's almost like I can't, you know, like I get antsy or something like that. Yeah. I just I can't. Like I gotta. People I gotta always move. critique um, like people scrolling their phones too much. And the thing is, I don't think I sometimes your phone or like the concept of Facebook or having something to scroll through endlessly can make it can sort of be like you feeding the monster mm -hmm. i guess a little bit so like i do understand that argument where like if you're prone to doing that you might start scrolling and then because you have stuff to scroll through you accidentally can't stop and then you've wasted many hours but like for me i also kind of think that's a dumb thing to criticize because my brain is gonna do the equivalent of scrolling when it wants to no matter what and obviously before like smartphones existed, I would do that, but with switching what, like I'd be reading like four books at once or switching what task I was doing a whole bunch where I'd start cleaning one thing, then clean another thing, then clean another thing, then clean another thing. Or even when I was a kid, like be playing a game with my sister, but constantly want to switch games or something. Mm -hmm. So I think that the like, 
the human impulse behind scrolling is going to exist no matter whether like you have access to a smartphone or a computer or whatever or Reddit. Um, so I've always thought that was like a little bit of a weird thing to critique, you mm-hmm. know, where it is, I guess, enabling you to do the thing, but like your brain was going to waste that time anyway on something. Cause usually you scroll when you are troubled, you know what I yeah. mean? Like you want to escape. And so like, is there a more productive way you could have done some escapism by like getting really immersed in a game or a movie or whatever? Yeah, maybe. But also maybe if you tried to do that, you would like, there've been many times where I try to put on a TV show that I really enjoy, but I end up like texting through my own TV show because my brain is like, uh, but what about, uh, and I want to do something else, yeah. ah, you know? So like my brain's going to do that no matter what. And I think that's probably the case for a lot of people where we're like, criticizing this thing as if it's the enemy but it's really just like a hard thing's happening in your brain and it doesn't want to do a concentrate no yeah and that's i find you know what Uh, that's kind of funny because i enjoy watching stuff at home i enjoy binging and doing things like that but it takes a lot for some reason for me to will myself into actually focusing on that. Yeah. Right? Well, and that's why we like going to movie theaters. Yes, so and I, I, because it forces me to just, every, everything goes black around, outside this movie, and nothing's happening. I turn out the phone, watch this, eat my big tub of popcorn, and this is what's happening. And I guess that's, I mean, yeah, that's why I love going to like that or a theater or something like that. Um, I have a question, actually. I know we're going so long on my house going. But I do have a question because this, this is very interesting to me that we found this out. So do you do you do a lot of things that are just like free-formed, just where you just flow and just like go with something? Or you do, do you do a lot of things that are kind of like laid out where it's like you, you have to follow something more? Does it make sense to you? Does that? What is – not really, I guess. I don't understand. I understand the laid out, but what is the freeform one? Uh, okay, got it. Music, right? Not that I don't know if you play music or anything like that, but have you, if you were to play a song, if you were to play an instrument on a song, would you prefer the sheet music, knowing that you know how to read it and play the sheet music, or would you prefer to flow like, like jazz, where it I just see. go? Okay, well, this is a terrible example because I can't play any instrument. I, I in, just went with the one thing that the, came to my mind no, <laughs> that made sense. Say in the, I just have to confess this because it's like blasphemy as a like high achieving Asian child. Yeah, that, that was the one. Like, I did a ton of like science fair, math competition, spelling bee, like student government, and all of that stuff. But I never learned to play an instrument well. Yeah, I, so I, I just really had to get that wanted. Off my chest. Yeah, I had to get it out of my chest too. I really wanted to growing up to learn an instrument. It just never <laughs> happened, and that's one of my biggest regrets. I don't. I didn't know how. I, I, I didn't learn to play music. But yeah, I think, example. Yeah, I feel but, really bad about it. But, but example, like a thing where you like you do something creative, and you just go right instead of just following something. Right? Have you done that? Because that's almost like the walking idea, where it's there's the idea of like just walking and just flowing, like I do, where I just I just go and I just started like creating stuff uh, and just making up stuff. I might seem a little weird, where I'm just like talking to myself or something like that, but that's what that's what's going on right now. Do you do that? Do you do, like you've done writing, right? Yeah. You've done. Have you just flowed and just creatively written something? Yeah, well, just just went. Think, no idea, no nothing. Just go. I think uh, the answer is yes and no. 
So sometimes, like in my daily life for regular tasks, it is difficult for me to do the, to intentionally, like I can't really intentionally do the just flow thing. Mm -hmm. The just flow thing will happen with certain either creative projects or even sometimes stuff like cleaning or whatever. Um, Like if it comes to me, which sounds like a dumb artist trope, Mm -hmm. but like sometimes a thing will come to me and I'll be like, I must do this. Like I am, I've been (laughs) stricken by the lightning bolt of inspiration and I must do this now and I'll do it freely, whatever. Um, But it's not always like that. And I think, there's a lot of, um, like when you're writing a screenplay, for example, you would like to believe that you can write a screenplay all in one, like, very intensive, like, uh, period where you sit down and you look up and you don't realize what's happened and suddenly mm-hmm. you've yeah. written a whole screenplay. But, like, a lot of the time it's not really like that. A no, lot of the time you have that. to sit down and make yourself do it and you're like, I don't want to do this. Why do I have to do this? Yeah. This is terrible. Um, but then, and there are periods where you get really into something. And so you're like super into a scene and you like keep reworking it and like it's come to you and everything's flowing and everything's great, Mm -hmm. but it's not always like that. Um, and I think that, uh, for me, it's like a, a lot of it is probably governed by what's going on in my brain and my own brain chemicals where I do the reason that I thought. Because when I was in college, I was being evaluated for adult ADHD, which mm-hmm. I think I've mentioned in the podcast before. Um, but I and I never like got a diagnosis. They just kept reevaluating me all the time. And I did get put on medication that was supposed to treat both ADHD and um, OCD symptoms. Um, but I uh, kind of always thought that's stupid. There's no way I could have ADHD because I. I'm really good at concentrating sometimes. Like mm-hmm. I have these periods where I'm concentrating so hard, like when normal people abuse Adderall and they like, like I, I had friends in college who would like intentionally take Adderall to finish a paper or mm-hmm. whatever, even though they didn't have a diagnosis and were just like using the medication in a bad way. Yeah. Um, but I uh, like, but they'd concentrate really hard for a really, a couple hours, whatever, and be super into it. And I always thought that because I, could sometimes concentrate really hard that that meant I couldn't have ADHD and then I found out that that isn't true that like hyper concentration is also a symptom of this mm-hmm. and so I think for me like some of whether or not I can do freeform is like governed by this secret thing where I'm just doing a hyper concentration like it may not be that like some beautiful bird of artist's inspiration has come to me so much as that like my brain's doing a hyper concentrate but whatever like you can paint it any way you want right yeah um so i guess in that's in the world's longest answer the answer is both but for my standard brain setup doing something that you were talking about where you are just going for a walk and listening to music and then your brain kind of gets to like do a chill thing would not be enough inputs for me and I'd be really stressed out. Mm. Like mm. I think um, what we're talking about when we're talking about uh, going to movies, like I have the same situation with yoga where like I can't concentrate on doing yoga if I'm alone in my house. 
Like I'll just stop between every pose and try to do something else. Mm -hmm. But if I'm in this social pressure situation of a class where it would obviously be rude to take out your phone or to stop in between poses and like do other bullshit, that's enough that going to a yoga class for me is a very meditative experience mm -hmm. because I'm doing something with my body and we have to stay there and we have to do the poses. And so mm -hmm. then my brain can kind of zone out and like enjoy the thing and I'll still think thoughts, but they're sort of really fleeting and it's like very relaxing, but it's not the same experience at home. At home, it's like one part of me has to force myself to concentrate on the thing or else I'll just go start doing something else. Okay. Okay. Thank you for answering my question. Yeah. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not doing yoga, but uh, I uh, I had a pretty good week, I would say. Um, I had Yay. some work successes, and so that always Bravo. feels good. Um, and things have been generally looking up, I guess, for me, um, which is always something that I kind of don't trust. Mm. Um but I think that it's uh, it's always scary for me and to have things be going well. But this week was definitely a week where I kind of let myself feel like, okay, things are going well and that's good. Um, we had a record day at the restaurant and I was really proud of everybody and proud to be a part of that. Um, and I've been talking to uh, my parents a lot, which always like very close to my parents as I'm sure you guys can tell by how much I talk about them on the podcast um but you know sometimes some some days you'll have just like nothing conversations with people where you're just checking in how are you what did you do oh you went to Costco whatever and other times you get to have more substantive conversations so I've kind of been having more substantive conversations with my parents that makes me feel more connected to humanity said an alien mm -hmm. um okay. and uh good conversations with friends and stuff like that and that always kind of keeps me tethered where like i've mentioned before i'll kind of st if if left alone i'll start to believe that no one really likes me and that no one could possibly really like me because of my personality being terrible or something mm -hmm. um and so i'll easily believe that nobody would be friends with me or that nobody would want to help me out or whatever. And so having good conversations with people where I'm clearly connecting with them, because um, a lot of times in adult friendships, you will just have that kind of conversation where you're like, hey, how was your day? Oh, it was good. A hard thing happened. Oh, I'm sorry that happened. End of conversation. And that's fine. And that's part of mm -hmm. the fact that everybody's busy and everybody's working on their own stuff. Um, and that's, that's okay. Like there's nothing bad about that. And those kinds of check-ins are still like, valid and helpful and stuff like that but at the same time they don't do anything to like assuage my fears that secretly nobody wants to listen to what I'm saying so it's always nice when you have those conversations where you're really connecting with people and you're like oh I actually do share some very core opinions with my friends and that must be why they like me whatever mm -hmm. I mean instead I should just work on the thing where I stop thinking that everyone secretly hates me but in the meantime, it's nice. So mm -hmm. things have been going pretty well. Um, but like I said, yeah, it's that always makes me afraid. Um, and this kind of gets us into our topic for the week. Yeah. That when things, uh, I think because of my long history with 
depression and that kind of comes with like I don't really want to call them mood swings because they don't happen necessarily like in an instant but just ups and downs of mentally and emotionally how your life is going because of such a long history with that I'll tend to uh, constantly be expecting things to go wrong again both like at work and in uh, my relationships um, or you know we're just like how like I'll expect something to go wrong with my car for no reason mm-hmm. um, and kind of that thing where because bad stuff has happened you sort of start to develop an eternal pessimism a secret pessimism yeah. that uh, that things are always going to go wrong again that you'll always fall back into depression again that something will go wrong at work again or something will go wrong in your relationship again and so you'll end up alone, blah, blah, blah. Just a sort of eternal belief that the world is gray for you and so I'm always really suspicious when things are going well that they're just going to turn on me and then if they do because like the world is full of ups and downs and that's normal and fine and stuff is not going to be easy all the time and it's also not going to be hard all the time but if you're looking for like if you if you're doing that confirmation bias thing where you're looking for things to go wrong when they do go wrong you're like haha see of course this happened because bad stuff is going to happen to me because that's how dark my life is Mm -hmm. um and so that's kind of the uh the topic for this episode is how that uh, how like your your experiences with depression or other mental health issues can kind of create this um i believe you phrased it as a glass half empty yes um kind of outlook and you know and unpacking that and is there a way for me to unlearn that you know because i think uh, that's probably from, you know, from talking to other people, probably a pretty common belief that you're like, okay, well, things are going to go bad for me all the time and I'm just going to expect that. And how do we uh, figure out where that came from and kind of unpack that? And is there a better way to deal with the challenges that will inevitably come that isn't just your confirmation bias of, oh, a challenge has happened and of course it did because my life is bad. And is there a way to look at that and be like, a challenge has happened and I'm going to rise to the occasion and overcome it. And, you know, what what is a healthy way to look at these things? Mm. Yeah. I. So when you brought up this topic, I thought it was it was really good um, because it's, it's something that we commonly see in those of us who have, you know, depression. And like for me, I'd like to think, Lord knows, I'd like to think that I uh, that I am the view of the glass as half full, right? Um, I'd like to think that I'm an optimist, but I uh, I know in my heart of hearts that I uh, am a pessimist uh, when it comes to my life. You know, uh, I know that it for me it really shows a lot, and I think my friends. Uh, can probably tell this a lot that it comes out in kind of my joking angst, as I call it, sure. where um, I'll just say something random that like is kind of just oh life is gonna be shit anyway, so whatever you know type of thing you know uh, like 
I'll go into like a really dark joke where I'll be like, all right, bye, everybody. I'm going to go home and sleep and hope I don't wake up. Bye. And I'll walk away or something like that. And I just things will be where I'm always just in a mindset of like, man, things are just things are OK right now. But when's that? Uh, what's the what's the metaphor here? When's the shoe going to drop? Is that the is yeah? That... They're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, yeah. Which I'd never understood what that meant. But OK, sure. Yeah. That's that's the but thing. But it is that that is really at the crux of what we're talking about is that. One is the eternal pessimism is always waiting for the other shoe to drop where you're like, things couldn't possibly go well for me. So yeah. looking over my shoulder, like, where's the boogeyman? Yeah, it's it's like living with a bomb that you don't know when it'll just it's it's set to go. You think maybe maybe it's a storm, maybe it's not. But when's it going to happen, though? It's going to happen. You think in your mind it's like, oh, let's get rid of this. <laughs> but you're going to live with it anyways. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's weird. It's, it's a thing that, like, it's almost like that, uh, we talked about before, uh, where those of us in, like, these depressive states that we're in, we fall back into, like, these, are kind of, like, um, blankets, or our beds of just, like, I'm gonna stay comfortable in this dark room, and just, oh, I don't, I don't want to do anything, and, because life is always just gonna come and get me, and if I stay under these covers, you know, maybe it won't get me, but I know it will, this, you know, because it's a blanket, you know, it's not gonna protect me, I know that, like, right now, this blanket of happiness that I'm feeling is, is good right now, but when's, the, when's that boogeyman gonna pop up and tear it off, and, like, tear me a new one, you know, because it happened before, and, yeah, I, I, but I, I want to believe, and I think this all comes down to just, you know, the idea of, like, staying hopeful, staying, trying to believe in something. Like, it's it's almost uh, trying to believe that things will get better. Because if you start going on the road of, like, nothing will ever get better, then you never really enjoy anything, I think. And that's... But that's really hard for people like us. Yeah. Where well, it's, and yeah, and it, it takes away from your happiness if yeah. every happy thing that happens is tinged with fear. Because And for me, it's like a very literal fear. If things are going well, I will like genuinely feel afraid and or sometimes terrified about what bad thing is going to hit me next or when the good thing is going to go away. And so you're ruining all your... like then you're not even experiencing the happiness. Then you're just ruining your own happiness. Yeah. And so it's very understandable, but I also hate it about myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, uh, what you said earlier about trying to be positive, I think, especially with you, you know, you clearly try to be positive a lot in a way that I think sometimes when you're a depressed person and you're, still saying positive things, but you're also obviously a depressed person and sometimes feel bad that people will say, oh, you're being like, you're being fake, like you're being positive in a mm -hmm. fake way. And I think that's uh, like, that's like a dumb assessment because being positive or be, you know, being a pessimist or being an optimist is like a, that's a, that's a choice. So there's no way to be fake about it. Mm -hmm. Like it's a thing that you are, it's an outlook that you're choosing to have. It's not something like nobody's really born an optimist or a pessimist. I don't believe in that. I, I think that it's just a way that you're choosing to look at the world. It's a glass half empty or glass half full thing. And, you know, no person is ever going to be purely optimistic or purely pessimistic. But I don't think there's anything fake at all. Like, I don't think it makes sense to assess 
an optimism or a pessimism as fake because I think it's a way that you choose to frame the world because we're all experiencing things through whatever lens we've chosen and uh in this in the context of this conversation the lens I've chosen is (laughs) terrible (laughs) (laughs) and it's that I it's not that I believe that the world is all bad and that all bad things are going to happen in the world all the time like there is a lot of suffering and bad things happening in the world and it feels like especially now and I don't know if that's true or not but it feels like it but I don't necessarily think that all things will return to badness in the outside world it's just a lens that I use for my life because of like the terror that I may have gotten up this time but I will fall down again for sure like I'm wearing these really slippery shoes and so there's no way that I'm gonna stay upright for the rest of my life I'm just gonna fall down again for Mm -hmm. sure and I think I've mentioned this in the podcast before that uh you know you've talked about wanting to get out of um, I like like away from depression and towards uh, like a, a sustainable place or mm-hmm. a place that is good enough where it's not like you're never gonna feel negative feelings, but you like a, a manageable spot. And I've always kind of quietly believed that like yeah I mean I might be there right now like I'm at a manageable spot right now compared to how I used to be during the great depression but I've always believed that the great depression will come back for Mm -hmm. me and that it'll for sure grab like it'll for sure grab me again um but that's not necessarily a productive belief because again it's turned into this toxic thing where I'm constantly just waiting for to come back for me instead of maybe it will, maybe it won't. But like, if I'm always thinking about it, I'm just filling my mind with more like horror. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, and I I know I do this to myself as well, because I know I could be doing things, um, that necessarily won't, uh, What's the word I'm looking for here? It won't necessarily like cure my pessimism or anything like that, as I'm saying. But I think that we've we've been in our depressive state for so long that it's almost like being exposed to some sort of in the environment of like um, of just like this thing that is constant, right? That we do, right? And it becomes a norm, right? And for me, I want to try and break the norms, right? Um, But it's very hard to do. It's very hard to break any type of thing that you believe is the norm, you know? And you can look through history and things that people believed were the norms. Like nowadays, sometimes those things weren't great, you know? And um, those things could hurt people or hurt themselves and things like that. And sometimes people believe they were the right thing because it was the norm at the time for them. And I, I think that like when I've talked about like, oh, my break glass in case of emergencies, it's one of those things where my norm was to isolate myself, was to not listen, not, not, you know, pull myself out of the situation and just, you know, isolate myself from everyone else, leave myself to my own devices and then spiral, right? Really hard, right? Because it was the norm. That's the norm in my mind, right? It was, you know, growing up in, in, 
certain households, you know, that we have, like, especially for mine, like, you know, you grow up and you're exposed to certain, like, beliefs and certain environments and certain words, you know, especially, like, with my, you know, I grew up in an Asian household, so it's all about, like, oh, it's family, right, and things like that, and it was always about, you know, believe in the family, but don't expose yourself to friends, right? Because if you have any type of friend is eventually at the end going to betray you, right? And that's the thing where it's like, I, I had to break that, that out of that it's mindset. It's a very dark uh, belief to have been given. Yes. And it's a very, like, and it's, and it's, it's weird because it's almost in, in Asian cultures, like, I don't know, maybe I'm over exempt, but over blanket, blanket statement here. I think that's the phrase. But uh, it's, they believe in keeping it everything in the family right and if you expose yourself to anything outside what is their norm right then you're exposing the family and yourself to harm right that's why it's like no outside or are outsiders you know and you know eventually they may seem okay now but eventually they're gonna go and eventually they're gonna betray you and you're gonna get hurt that's gonna but, give you mad trust issues <laughs> yeah there's that too and it's oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one and so growing up in like that that mindset for a while really hurts you you know like eventually just like you know when's the shoe gonna drop like you said yeah. and for me i tried i've been trying recently to break out of those molds right and so that's where i landed in a spot where i'm in out where i have this these wonderful people i'm surrounded by these people that i know are good you know and there's good out there and there's also things of like for me where i'm trying to break the norm of like i may not be able to believe in optimism in myself but i can try and believe that the the world can be better if i just continue to try to put something good into the world right and so i mean that's kind of the basis of this podcast here trying to throw goodness into the world and hopefully that light that's thrown into the world like kind of like shines to someone else you know eventually and hopefully that makes me believe that like okay things can be you know can be going into a place where i can start believing that okay maybe there's a cup and it can be half empty and half full but you know at least i have a cup you know i think you've done a, an amazing job unlearning that particular belief about friends though because mm. at, at this point in your life you obviously have such a like rich idea of like chosen family and reaching mm -hmm. out to friends and having people that know your I don't want to call them weaknesses but like that know your shit you know what I mean yeah. and that doesn't mean that in every you know we've seen recently it's it doesn't mean that in every moment you're gonna easily ask for help when you need it because we're all human and so you won't do that sometimes, whether it's friends or family or whatever. You know, that's a that's a very human reaction is to accidentally not ask for help when we need it or when we should be asking for it. But, like, I think it's – you've actually done an incredible job, like, overcoming those particular – because, like, to be told that people will turn against you. So I think a lot of people have trust issues like that, and so do I. But I – made them up myself i wasn't like explicitly told hey you should have trust issues about friends mm -hmm. and that's got to be terrible and i think you've done an amazing job like unlearning that and being able to in general in most circumstances like surround yourself with chosen family and so that's awesome and that gives me hope 
Yeah. And I guess so, for myself and for one, all of us. One of the things I do, and again, I, I do the, if, again, friends know me, sometimes I do the dark jokes here and there. Uh, and one of the things I do, and I don't think he actually knows why I do it. I think I, I just, he thinks I just do it at random. But I'll, uh, one of my friends, I'll go up to him and I'll be like, hey, what's up? And I'll give him a big hug and everything like that. And we'll get in a hug and I'll whisper in his ear, one day I'm going to betray you. <laughs> and I don't think he really, he doesn't know why I do it. And I think it's just a, it's a joke. And in my mind, it is a joke, but it's a joke on like my own personal thing that happened where yeah. it was like, I've been hurt more by family than I have a, like friends and things like that. And I've had so much support from like this, this chosen family, I guess, if you like you put it there. And it's, it's been great to do that and like that right there of instilling that and changing that like outlook has pushed me into like where i stated where it's like i'm trying to break my norm right which is no longer falling back into certain things you know trusting more but like at the same time yes i still have that idea of like i'm under the covers when's that boogeyman gonna pop up when am i going to you know spiral again when is it gonna when's it gonna come back because i think it's gonna come back because i know it's gonna come back because it's happened before and you know i i want to believe that like the things i do um right now to try and stem that like i could look over my shoulder for the rest of my life right and keep looking over it and like worry about it and stress out over it and create my own like mental stressor and kind of like put myself in a dark place or I could try to change the way I look at it, you know, like maybe I can't change my idea of like, oh, there's something that's coming, right? Maybe I can't change that, but maybe I can live a little bit better while at the same time looking over my shoulder, you know, maybe I can, maybe I can have this ideal like utopia in my mind where it's like, I know something's coming, but I'm going to enjoy my time right now while I'm not, while I'm not being grabbed by this monster right now. So type of situation, you know what I mean? We obviously all, you know, we're all gonna die. Is one of my favorite things to say. Um, no, but you know, dark, dark pessimism jokes, right? High five. Give me that. Look at that. Look at that. But we are. We're all gonna die, and yet we still agree to like fall in love with people. And like sometimes, you know, you like get married and you think that you're gonna be together, and you might or you might not. No. Sometimes people get divorced. That's a thing that happens. But like people still, or like even if you don't, you like partner with someone, and one of you's gonna die first, even if you never fall out of love and are with each other for what is to you forever. One of you's gonna die. One of you is gonna die first. You know, like people still agree to have pets Mm -hmm. even though your dog is probably going to die before you so like there must be a way to be like yes something sad is gonna happen because life is not just a series of a hundred thousand good things happening to you over and over again that's just not how it works there are challenges but like there's got to be a way to still agree to play the game and have hope about playing the game um without being without letting your fear of bad things overcome you and all good things and i think you know it's not the case that i would say don't have a if in case of depression break glass plan like i'm not saying never plan for depression again i guess that wouldn't be my ideal solution to this Mm -hmm. um but there has to be some way to also not do the thing that i'm doing 
where every good thing that happens, I assume, is some sort of trick. And mm. it does, I assume that any good thing that happens means a bad thing is about to happen. I used to, when I was a child, believe the opposite, where whenever anything bad happened, I told myself it was because something good was going to come later and it was like a balance thing which is a weird belief for a child to have I yeah guess. Like yeah I, like i was like very little and i believed this i'd be if something bad was happening i'd be like well this is because something good is going to happen to me later and like that's also probably not how it works because it's not like an equal 50 50 balance yeah certain beliefs like that there's for this but i really had that belief very strongly when i was a child where yeah. i was like if bad thing happens, it means good thing also can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, the real, the realistic thing is that both bad things and good things are going to happen to you. But, like, how do we allow ourselves to enjoy the good things and not assume that they mean something bad is around the corner? Yeah. <laughs> um, but... With regards to your dark jokes and stuff, I always, I don't take those as a sign of pessimism and I feel very, I feel much more comfortable around people who both make dark jokes and can take dark dark jokes because mm-hmm. um, that's one of the most fun parts of living in Yikesland to me yeah. is that we have access to a whole bunch of other jokes that other people either can't make or like wouldn't think are funny. Yeah. Um, like I have I <laughs> have I told the one about I wish I had thought to kill myself before? I don't think so. I'm I'm not remembering it, so but go ahead. My sister and I one time I was on a bus and the bus was taking too long. Like there were a bunch of delays. It it wasn't that bad, basically, is what I'm mm-hmm. saying. But I had texted my sister, like, it was like a mega bus or something, and we were stuck on the bus for a long time. Like, the bus broke down. There was traffic. Classic mega bus experience, Mm -hmm. but it really wasn't that bad. And I texted my sister, I wish I had thought to kill myself before I got on this bus. Mm. And that is one of my favorite depression jokes ever because, (laughs) because while, like, obviously as a person who has, uh, had many suicidal thoughts before and like been in a real bad place um the ability to make light of that is like very important to me and i understand that not everybody wants to make jokes about suicide and that is absolutely yeah that's okay we understand you know but like but it helps me be alive for sure yeah because to say that about just the small setback of a bus ride taking too long is like so absurd to me, you know, like it's no, not to do that thing where you break down a joke so much that it's not funny anymore, but like the bus wasn't that bad and a quote unquote normal person would never be in the suffering of that bus ride and think to themselves, being dead would be better than this. Like, that's not a normal, okay thought to have or whatever. But uh, that is a thing that somebody who has been through the things and thought the things and felt the things that I have would genuinely think. And then immediately they would realize that's a ridiculous thing. I'm obviously going to get off this bus mm. and everything's going to be pretty okay after. Yeah. One of my... F- <laughs> Since we're telling favorite depression jokes... <laughs> One of my favorite depression jokes to do is uh, someone, like a friend of mine, will walk up to me and uh, they'll be like, 
hey, how was your day? I was like, oh, it's not too bad at all. And I'll have like this, the little chit chat. And I was like, oh, all right, I'm going to go home and learn to tie a rope. And I, <laughs> and I, just, I don't know why. It's, I thought it's it just in my mind, it's hilarious because I'll start, I'll start it all off with, yeah, everything was fine. Nothing happened. It was all good. And uh, you know, yeah, okay. All right. I'm going to go home and learn to tie a rope. And that's, and that's it. Where I, mean, I think there was, I, I don't know why, but I think it's in my mind hilarious but that's well, but I think, yeah it, it, that again has to do with the absurdity of like how you know that at any moment your mind might turn on you and that things might be fine but then your brain's like no here's the thing everything's bad and so it like it, it makes light of the absurdity of what you know and that's kind of what yikes land is all about it's mm -hmm. like the word yikes land is also ridiculous and it's kind of a reflection of how absurd it is to live in this world where sometimes your brain's gonna do bads to you and you know you can try to control it but you're never fully gonna be able to control it and so i i love jokes like that and they make me feel less alone uh you know, to know that there's other people that think that that stuff is funny because we, because we have to, because there's no way to survive it for me without being able to make light of it mm -hmm. and being able to, <laughs> to think that like that stuff is, it's, it's hilarious because it's a survival mechanism, mm -hmm. you know, like I would not have made it this far if I wasn't able to use humor in coping with yeah, this stuff. Yeah, humor is a big coping mechanism. Yeah. And that could be its own topic for its own episode. Yeah. But yeah, and like... I, and I, but I definitely know people who have been through similar stuff to me and also, you know, come very close to suicide and who think that joking about suicide is, like, not fucking funny at all, no. you yeah. know? And that is a perfectly valid reaction, but it's not the reaction I have. And so I feel much safer and more comfortable and more heard and understood when I'm around other people who also think that <laughs> making jokes about suicide is okay in like the right company. I'd probably I, yeah, insulted I, if someone who was perfectly happy thought suicide yeah, was funny and, and I'd be like, what the and fuck? And again, man? like, uh, and again, we know that if there's some of you out there who don't think it's funny, we understand and that's okay. And that's completely fine. And for some reason, like we work or humor, and especially, especially for me, I think my biggest belief when it comes to humor, especially, is that it's all funny or none of it is type of situation. That's that's my belief in my mind. And so that also allows me to just joke about that as well. And so but we understand. And again, we're not trying to offend anybody. It's just how we cope with it, you know, and yeah. not how we deal with our own. Yeah, I think things. it's just as valid to think that that's not funny as it is to think that it's funny. Yeah, it's however you react to it is okay and whatever it is that you need to do or think is funny or not funny in order for you to live is perfectly fine yeah. it just so happens that because i have this reaction i really like being around other people with the same reaction and i think you know obviously it can be upsetting if you don't think that stuff is funny and like you're with a friend or somebody else who like has had similar experiences to you, but they do think that's funny. And so, so I fully, I fully get that. But I also like, I treasure so much my friends and family who, uh, who do feel the same way that I do about jokes and about depression and stuff like that, because that is for sure. Like one of the core way that, and like, 
buying small bags of Cheetos are two of the ways <laughs> that I have even stayed alive this long. So, you know, it's fine. Buy the Cheetos or don't buy the Cheetos, whatever works yeah. for you. But I, I like being around people who also want to buy the Cheetos. Yeah, I buy Cheetos. No. <laughs> um, well, any final thoughts? But yeah, I, I think, you know, in a way, this some episodes we kind of wrap up and we're like, this is the answer to this. And, like, there's not necessarily one single answer to everything. But for this, uh, this topic, I guess, feels a little bit still open to me because I feel better knowing that there's some things, like the being told that friends are the enemy, in a way, mm-hmm. or friends are a scary thing. Um, seeing that you have largely overcome that or unlearned it is inspirational to me and makes me feel like okay maybe there's hope for me but at the same time I don't know clearly what that path looks like yet um to unlearning whatever waiting for the other shoe to drop thing is happening to me I don't know what sort of balance I should be taking in terms of you know be prepared that you might get sad again and have some break glass in case of ready for that you know and have also uh sympathy for yourself if you'd get sad again rather than like hating yourself because you got sad again Mm -hmm. i don't know how to balance that with you know uh just that agreeing to have a dog even though the dog will die before you yeah i don't i don't know what that balance looks like and what that path looks like for me personally and so, in a way, it's still kind of an open, an open topic to me. Yeah, it's it's about choosing. I guess if we're going with this metaphor. I guess it's about choosing the dog that you want to live with. You know, it's, it's, it's whether or not you know this dog is not going to last all the way. This is a dark. <laughs> it's a dark metaphor. You know the dog is going to go away. You know, and it doesn't live as long as you, and you wish it would, but you know that eventually that's going to end in something, you know, eventually there's a dark end, right? And you believe that that's going to happen one of these days, right? The, but then that's the idea, and it's the difference between you're walking through your house and you see the dog, and it's whether or not you go up to it and you're, you know, being with it and you're, you're bonding with it and you're loving it and you're doing all this while you can, or walking by and it's like, hey, dead dog, and you just keep walking by, you know, because that's <laughs> there's the difference between those two things of whether or not you're going to want to, you know, enjoy it while it lasts, I guess. And at the same time, while that comes to an end, it, you know, and things may drop, you know, yeah, there's, there, there are ups and downs. Yeah. yeah. Well, because it's unrealistic to believe that nothing bad will ever happen. Exactly. Yet. But at the same time, I don't know that it's realistic for me to constantly be waiting to fall into a depression as bad as the Great Depression again. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it might happen. I don't know. I don't Exactly. Know and you don't know. You don't know. But, like, you know? the funny thing is I was good at that with dogs because I had a very old dog that I had adopted when he was old just to do, like, a hospice, like, a fun hospice situation. Mm-hmm. And that was fine. Like, falling in love with a dog that... I thought would only be alive for like a couple of months, although he ended up living for a couple of years and knowing how heartbroken I would be when he died was fine with me. I was like, this is fine. Like when it comes to dogs, I am fine and wise and well adjusted Hmm. and am willing to like 
just throw my love into the ether and that's good enough and like let's spend the days together that we can but when it comes to humans or just even the concept of things in my life going well I'm like no I'm not going to enjoy it while I have it (laughs) I'd like to fear it instead yeah it's it's a it's it's really kind of like a question of like can we learn to love our life while it's good because we even though we know that eventually there's going to be a down you know and if we can do that then when it does go down you know and the shoe does drop we can look at it and even though it's bad we can make it to next tuesday and everything like that because we know that we did love our life at one point and we can again because we already did it you know and so it's it's a question of whether or not we can and that's the complexities of the glass half empty you know so take us home well thank you for being here with us today um this has definitely uh been a very personal topic i think for us and so hopefully you guys have uh something to relate maybe you have solved this already and you can just tell us how we should look at it but uh let us know your thoughts on twitter or facebook you can find us on instagram at yikesland underscore podcast or write us a long love or hate letter at yikesland at gmail.com um we did talk about some dark stuff today um if you guys need help and you are looking for a resource uh the national suicide prevention lifeline is completely confidential um 24 7 toll free um and that is a really good resource uh remember you are not alone um that's going to be 1-800-273-8255 um obviously we are comfortable making jokes about suicide but that doesn't mean that you have to be um and if that's something that bothers you um obviously you have every right to stay away from that and to believe that you know you don't want to be around those jokes being made so we completely understand um but if if that has you um you know feeling like you need to talk to somebody the national suicide prevention lifeline is a great resource um and obviously we completely understand if us making those kinds of jokes on the podcast means that um it's not okay for you to watch the podcast Mm. it's how we cope Uh, i know it's how a lot of people cope but it doesn't have to be how everybody copes um so we appreciate you guys regardless of your reaction to that um we're happy that you make it to next tuesday whether you are or aren't um here listening to us or watching us we just want you here in the world with us that's right you know because it would make it uh you being in the world makes it so much brighter and being here on the Exxon with us, we are together and knowing that you're not alone. So thank you so much for joining us here. Uh, this has been one of your hosts, Jelani Hoon, along with host. Chris Fung. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoy uh, your views from Yanks Land. Thanks for being here, guys.